0: Hey everybody, it's Nolan North, you know, Nathan Drake from Uncharted, and you're listening to the Geek
1: Apocalypse podcast. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the latest edition of the Geeky podcast with yours truly, Mr. Stephen Hesselbert slash And thank you so much for this episode and tuning in to find out where I am discovering and interviewing or... Well, as you know, I'm not a huge fan of interviewing. I mean, a conversation with some fun and entertaining people. And this is no exception. And as I think I mentioned on this uh, episode, is that the idea of going to actually... See the people in person and go to where they actually, you know, have their offices and stuff, which is what I did in this episode, is really enjoyable and it actually, you know, gives a, a, an extra value because it's like a trip out. And um, what I'm basically saying is because now I'm a parent, I got the opportunity to leave my front door. Um, anyone who's a parent listening to this will be like, wow, that is really an achievement, having, <laughs> particularly having a six month old. Um, but yeah, but in all seriousness, it was really fun and these guys were incredibly hospitable. So Darren and Ian are today's guests uh, from Empowerment Consultancy and Training. Um, their website is www.empowermentcic.com or you can email Darren at darren at empowermentcic.com or their um, call num- uh, to call them, their, their number, if you're based in the UK, is 0191-492-8215. And the place that we went to, their offices, is at the Pine Tree Business. Business center in Berkeley and Gateshead um uh, very kindly, Darren uh, agreed to to uh, to pick me up at uh, get, the Gateshead interchange because, um, and actually, it was quite further away than I thought. Um, but these guys are wonderful, and so what this this company does, and um, we talked about it um, throughout the, the the podcast. Basically, um, it's set up uh, by Darren and Ian to give employees and, and employers the training and confidence to help develop their business and organisation, and a variety of training uh, such as helping training with via like carers, individuals, managers, and. teachers. They also the consultancy bit is to help companies, for example, know about the Disability Act, about the Equality Act um and uh help people through you know help companies sort of understand basically the logistics of of their their employer um employee i should say going through a a mental health issue for example and what we talk about on this podcast is about a lot of taboo and discrimination we talk about um the fact that both uh, darren and ian have cerebral palsy um which is a fantastic fascinating discussion fantastic and um, there will be some words that um that were that were used but obviously in the context of uh in the context of what we were talking about it was entirely appropriate but just to warn you we do you know sort of debate about um about mental health and about a disability but obviously we're aiming to be in a society where we can be open and honest and have this frank discussion so um, and obviously we talk about um their, their company empowerment consultancy and training and um, they were really wonderful guys i really enjoyed it so um i, I hope hope they're also on facebook as well empowerment cic and um, if you type that into google you'll i'm sure you'll find all the information you need but um but yeah a huge thank you to darren Ian and the hospitality and for them being so open and honest, I really enjoyed it. Um so this is uh, our episode with the Empowerment Consulting Institute Training, Darren and Ian. Enjoy! It's a fun one. right the context of the user one mentally sound and all mm-hmm. that kind of thing and what I found is that with you guys and this happens with other guests as well is that there's so much to talk about and because we're limited to doing ads and doing 15 to 20 minute segments roundabout mm. is that we never get a chance to kind of debate stuff because mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. you know I'm obviously going to talk to you guys about mental health about dis- disabilities yeah. and you know, mental health in the workplace that yeah. kind of thing mm-hmm. Um, and you find with the radio with doing radio shows that you never get the chance to debate something or talk yeah, about yeah. a complicated manner mm-hmm. so that's why I wanted to have you guys on here oh sure um, okay. so you're very welcome um, so that was Ian you just heard just to let people know about yeah. voices so that was Ian and I'm here with Darren as well yes hello everybody <laughs> excellent um, so yeah, so I guess um, the, the obvious first thing to, to talk to ask you guys is just how have you been since you were on mentally sound? Is the how's work been? All that kind of thing. Um, <laughs> it, it's getting <laughs> it's getting
0: extremely busy, <laughs> which is obviously good for us. Yes. Um, and it's it's interesting. We're learning something new every day, we're making new contacts, new links, and obviously we're supporting individuals um, because the need is still there. So obviously Great. that that's that's how this business came about um because of the need for people mm-hmm. was still the need the support but obviously what we're finding with um funding at the moment across all sectors is um there's not a lot of money about but as i said that doesn't okay. take away the need mm-hmm. so obviously that this is where me and ian come together and we said okay so they the business is going well yeah we're extremely busy and making new contacts and links constantly
1: I'm pleased to hear I mean because I mean um, it, you, you would hope that I would he, you would hear someone doing that rather than going the business is really stagnant uh, <laughs> 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 we're really really struggling no, no, and I'd no. be like it's nice, it's nice to hear that you're doing good no, um, no. How, did, do you concur with what Darren just yeah, said yeah
2: yeah I'm just um, what Darren said there about funding is interesting because yeah. um, Wolf. Well I've come from a charity background and mm-hmm. what we said at the beginning we want it to be more business-like than charitable okay. but it, it's really difficult to get people to part with the money I suppose because we haven't got anything physical yes. so we're selling it's training so yeah. we've got to convince people first of all that's what we deliver
1: is worth buying <laughs> that's so fascinating because uh, this is something um, I was talking to you Ian, just beforehand about um, and you were out of the room at the time Darren so uh, it was um, uh, one of the things I'm trying next week is to do a breathing class so um, to basically learn breathing techniques to help with your mental health and I do transcendental meditation anyway which people listening to this regularly knows that knows that that's, I do that as a way of coping um, and it That costs, um I'll not say who the company is just for their own benefit, but um, uhm, it's just like a tenor recession, and I, and I look at it mm-hmm. through my experience, which is why I'm gonna ask you a direct question in a second. I look at it in that experience knowing how important it is for my mental health to be maintained, or anyone's mental health, but particularly my, mine, because I can, mm-hmm. I can do something about my, mind more, mm-hmm. more than anyone else's. And I think a tenor is completely reasonable, like I go, I, for a yeah. tenner, for my mental health to be better for that week yeah. or that day at the very least well worth it mm-hmm. um but i guess the re- the reason i'm telling you that quick story is to say what what, what you just said Ian, is that do you think um people are unwilling to part because people that it, what is the reason for that is it because people the, the the scam artists out there or the people is there a is there a prejudice that if you're spending money on your mental health that it's considered that you're giving up or you're weak or something what's I don't the know, reason? I think if If
2: you've got like a shop front, you've got something physical to look at, to pick up and try Mm -hmm. Um, with training you haven't. You've got to trust the people who are delivering it. Mm -hmm. So we've got to, first of all, develop that trust with with, um,
0: partners. I've got a slightly different take on it, but. It's always good to, to develop your skills in the workforce and further training of any kind is always, you know, valuable. The the difficulty is the a lot of companies now prefer the online method simply because it's more cost-effective. Yeah. Um, but whether or not that adds any real value is questionable because it's a tick-in-the-box exercise to say that that training is now done. Mm-hmm. You've got the certificate and it's safe for 12 months. But it really doesn't put any meat on the bones in terms of credibility, or the the, the learners aren't actually taking away any great experience yeah. because they've sat in front of a computer mm. screen for twenty minutes. But it's
1: a bit artificial, would you say? It is. Right it, it is. It is. Yeah. There's no
0: sort of tangible, um, you know, insight into it somebody's experience. Whereas if you were listening to real life stories and experts by experience, mm-hmm. as we t- t- tend to call it, as you know. Um, people leave the room or leave the training sessions with a lot more insight and a lot more awareness and are quite likely to to remember certain things but it's all down to the the organization or the company that um you know want to do this training um and, and how much they value it because as i say there's a lot of um um, businesses where it comes down to money at the end of the day, yeah, and uh, <laughs> and, and, and let's be really and, in a capitalist society, <laughs> and, and, <laughs> and, and, and exactly. And, and let's be realistic here. Yeah, um, a lot of businesses and organisations don't really have an interest in it. Now, the, the majority of training is done in organisations and businesses to say that it's done. Yeah, so because they've got to do it, they've got to do it. It's mandatory training. There's no real. Uh, thought into it, it's just a,
1: a view Compa- There's no, yeah, there's no compassion around no. It. it. I actually compared it a long time ago to whenever it was that people found out about this. It's a bit like Starbucks getting found out about tax evasion and then going, oh, we, oh, we have to pay it now because we've been found out. It's like that found out uh-huh. mentality That's of like going, oh, I've been found out and it's like yeah. almost a PR thing of that mm-hmm. they want to be, to go, uh-huh. well, we are doing something about it, but then mm-hmm. it, it, again, like, a, as you've just as you've both eloquently just, just discussed, what the, the training all comes down to what you said earlier about um the the level of it and is it, mm-hmm. is, it is it is it um is it, is it, has it been effective? Mm. Like, is it, is it good training? Is it, is it effective? Is it changing people? Is it changing people's lives? I, like in terms of ideals Mm. and the way people Mm. approach things, you know, if it's just a training, like a ticky box exercise, you know, I, I, I'm sure I, I don't have to say, I'm assuming you've probably been on some training exercise Mm -hmm. at some point in your life where you go, what's the point in this? (laughs) 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 But I think
0: that's the difficulty any training provider faces. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, it, it, whatever training you deliver, because the, the, the online training, it's it's the way the world now is you know, everything is online and everything's sort of fast paced and cost effective. But in actual um, getting experts in experience who actually live that life yeah. and give you an insight into disability or mental health or you know, addictions or anything else, that you, them stories stick with you for a lot longer yeah um but as i say it's we're living in the kind of society now where it's it's a tick in the box exercise and people just want to move on to the
1: next and see everything is like oh well you know i think there's a couple of good examples that, that shouted out to me in my own life about exactly what you just said about the experience of doing something in front of people mm. i mean we're, we're doing it right now in the sense of obviously if i've got americans as a guest which I've had quite a lot for example I mean I've even had like a South African on and um, yeah. someone from uh, Sweden mm-hmm. um, so if you look through my track record of all like the 180 shows or something I've done mm-hmm. at the minute um, whenever I've had someone on not from the country I've enjoyed them but we have to do them online so it's either for a video cam, and I always say to people, can we please do a video <clears throat> cam so I can at least see your emotions? Yeah. and See your but, body uh, language? Because, I mean, cause, cause that's a good, very good comparison to online training, uh, any training that I've seen or experienced, where it, it might just be a phone conversation about like sort of saying what the training mm-hmm. is or whatever, and that makes it even less e- of an experience, mm-hmm. because all you know, you're doing is listening to somebody talking. Um, yeah. So I'm saying like, uh, I was saying this to Darren on the way here, I was very really kindly of picked me up to come here, um, was that uh, doing these podcasts for real with people so I can see you and interact with you is far more enjoyable because I'm now mm-hmm. going to today on Tuesday whatever day 22nd of May we're recording yeah. this Um that I can go that was the day I went to Empowerment Consultancy and Training and saw Ian and Darren and we yeah, sat and had a, yeah. an hour of conversation and wasn't that fun and all that sort of thing. Uh-huh. And I come go home going, I did something useful today and all that yeah. sort of thing. And yeah. I like I like that. So um I think that's that's is it do you think as well with the training we'll start with Ian, is do yeah. you think um do you think on the back of what Darren just said about training, the the online training and the sort of um the, the epidemic of the way People deal with not just training but like i was mm-hmm. also thinking about learning languages and stuff like that it's all done online yeah, and yeah. all that kind of thing and do you think people jump on the bandwagon because as we were touching earlier is it about because the, it's money not necessarily that the, the skills that they have you know do you get what I'm saying? i think it's quality money it's yeah. quality ease ease yeah. i think if, 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 if right, you yeah. can
2: set a group of people up on computers, you don't have to do anything. <laughs> <laughs> they, they just have to sit and do their thing and, and once it's done they're qualified. And, Painfully and, true. Yeah, yeah. so uh, there is that side to it but a lot of the training that I've done in the past was around and doing now. Yeah. It's around social care. Mm-hmm. So like we, we met you through the network event. Yeah,
1: exactly.
2: And in that environment, we were talking the other day that the people there want that type of training that's their, it's their culture. Yeah, what we're trying to do is break into that culture. Yeah, business. It's, it's, yeah,
0: yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. So, so business organisations. Um, it comes down to money, yeah. you know. But when we're working for, um public sector or um, bigger organisations let's say, Mm -hmm. they're very on board with that type of training, experts by experience it's service user involvement all the way so they can change policy move things forward and develop new programmes and systems and ways of working Mm -hmm. so we can help people whereas um, businesses really and you can understand it from a, a uh, maybe just a small outfit, a small business, where they haven't mm-hmm. got a lot of yeah. funds. Yes, but uh, larger businesses and medium size. Th- they really should be on board, um, but oh so you're yes. saying money is
1: in? They d- I, I seriously, yeah, you're yeah. saying money is in if it's a, if it's a big, huge corporation, they should have a budget to, to yeah, help yeah. training yeah. for the, of this kind. Yeah, yeah. There's no excuse, basically, no, not at all. Um, not at all. I, I totally get where you're coming from yeah. there. I thought you meant money is just as in because it was on the back of what we were saying about yeah. people yeah. being money grabbing, but you're saying uh, the, uh, the flip side. Yeah. Yeah. The flip side is that people have the money, they just don't care. <laughs> is it, I mean, and that's. that's 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 one of the reasons I wanted to talk to you in a debate format about yeah. about the idea of mental health and about like sort of uh, getting people to care kind of thing because um, do you guys think it's related to because we, we were touching on the way here and the car about um, about you know Self medicating in 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 mm-hmm. the sense of that you know I made the joke of people go to like a, a Newcastle game which I was using this as an example because I'm a Newcastle fan is that um they go oh we won so I'm going to drink a lot of alcohol oh we lost so I'm going <laughs> to drink a lot of alcohol <laughs> well <laughs> it's
2: all but that yeah pain sorry. I'll say a PN because yeah.
1: I, I go there as well. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, I've only been a couple of times this season, but uh, I'm not a season ticket holder or anything. But a very fortunate friend, yeah. friend, uh, invited me to go a couple of times. But um, but the re- but the, 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 the there's a real serious edge to that though because uh, I thought that's obviously implies a social thing, particularly in yeah. the north. Um, but. I th- does it, it really implies that it's a self-medicating tool to, for stress or, or, why, yeah. or anxiety or something yeah. like that? Um, stress in particular in, this, in that example. Um, and so do you think the problem with uh, people taking mental health seriously, like, I mean we'll, we'll discuss in the workplace but I'm just talking just in general, like do you think people don't um, resonate with understanding mental health because of the fact that we've just got this sort of um standoffish view or, or we self medicate or do we get round it in other stupid ways like what's so the problem? I think
2: there's, there's perceptions of mental health and yes. it's it's I mean I've I've worked in the disability field for years but okay. I still I'm learning all the time, Darren's learning all the time about different impairments and yes. mental health mm-hmm. is so vast. Yes. It can I mean I'm starting to analyse my own mental health because I've never really acknowledged my okay. mental health I'm, I'm a wheelchair user mm-hmm. and that's my focus my focus is getting out of bed getting up getting dressed getting showered getting out of the house
1: yeah
2: I don't think about my mental health but in doing this job because like Darren said earlier the beauty of this job is the we put ourselves in control yeah. of our own destiny, really. Mm. Wow. So that's so powerful. By that's
1: empowering, if I could say. <laughs> yeah.
2: <laughs> but by doing that, it's enabled me to analyse yeah, myself a lot more. Mm. And I was having a conversation last night it's about when I was 17, 18, I wouldn't think twice about. Getting on a train and going around the country. Yeah, wow. I wouldn't even go out of the house. Yeah, without my wife or
1: mm-hmm.
2: PA now mm-hmm. to like as a, a support mechanism. Mm-hmm. And I don't know where that change from being confident to get on a train and go down
1: yeah. to
2: London or down the Midlands. Yes, to not being able to go to Newcastle over the water <laughs> yeah that sounds like um, so
1: would you say that sounds like from, from my experience you, you just, it sounded like a very similar to a friend of mine it sounded like you had some I mean outside of your disability which I get, which makes a great deal of sense it sounds like you might have had a, an element of social anxiety or something yeah, there. Like, I, mean, um, I mean I've just
2: said that I go to the, the football mm-hmm. but I, I've got my own van oh, okay. I drive myself there I know where i'm gonna park
1: mm-hmm.
2: and i go and meet the lads at the ground okay if i can't get parked that's messed my whole mind up yeah for the rest of the
1: day ah, so, so, yeah, so it's uh, like oh, i we work
2: off routine Yeah. everything i do is a routine
1: you're fine with people because uh, one of my best friends has crippling social anxiety and uh, she's she's worked with it for a really long time as long as I've known her and uh, one of the things that I think people with social anxiety do is they try and get people to be get, they want someone around them to be comfortable where they can kind of control the environment to the point of that they're okay with the idea mm-hmm. um, which is interesting so I mean what's your sort of um, your your, yeah, your take on what we were saying about um, uh, about uh, what we were talking about with self-medicating and um, and, and mental health in general what's well, the issue well, well as Ian
0: says it's a, it's a huge area and people deal with things differently mm-hmm. um, obviously I've had mental health for a lot of years and been aware of it yeah. um, because both me and Ian obviously have a physical disability but people tend not to see the, the emotional side of it attached to yeah. that in that, that's affecting my mental health, yeah. and it's only as Ian says, it's only recently that Ian started to recognize um, the impact it has on his emotional well being. Mm-hmm. Uh, because to Ian, it's like, well, no, I, I'm a wheelchair user, but um, for me, it was slightly different. Um, I was incredibly angry, frustrated, um, and. Um, I think that was an age thing as well. Mm-hmm. Younger, not not understanding how to deal with me, me, yeah. me, me emotions, uh, testosterone, that mm-hmm. kind of thing. Um, but I, but I think it's a, it's a learning experience, and it, you know I I grew up with the the, the, the sayings of you know, oh put yourself together, you know, you know give yourself a shake. What's a man yeah. with? What's uh-huh. with you? <laughs> Pull your socks up. What you're being soft for? Uh-huh, yeah. All of those things. Um, so I thought it was like, well, a weakness on my behalf. But um, obviously, the mo- I've always worked, I've worked in some difficult situations, um, complex jo- jobs, um, dealing with other people's mental health and emotions, and I just the, the idea bit what we're doing now is uh giving me the freedom to to pick and choose and put myself mm-hmm. in situations that i feel comfortable in yeah but also um f- from my point of view um i've i've been walking a, a couple of years now prior to that i was in a wheelchair full time um i've had lots of surgery um th- that's a different thing we we'll should come on to that at another time yeah but, but if anybody's tired regardless of whether you've got a physical disability or not if anybody gets tired they get sometimes a little bit irritable mm-hmm. now anybody who's got a physical disability they find day to day tasks quite challenging and if you get tired you get irritable mm-hmm. so what i found is when I was beginning to learn to walk I, I still had a full time job and I had financial commitments I had a mortgage to pay I had a car to pay I've got a wife and things like that yeah um, and so the, the pressure to, to continuously get up go to work manage my f- full time employment as, as well as manage uh, a physical disability on top of that and trying to keep up with your peers and, and work colleagues and from a physical stance and be expected to do the same amount of work with a physical disability on top of that and learning to walk emotionally I had no counselling or support to it's a lot to, to deal with to yeah. deal with that because yeah. I had gone from being a wheelchair user my entire life to then being able to learn to walk by yourself um, with no physiotherapy because the physiotherapy um, that can only give you so many sessions that's <laughs> just for a say what are you going to say
1: that's going to irrit- <laughs> that irritate me into so of many that, uh, you know uh, um, well you uh, can uh, learn to walk eventually well, so. well, <laughs> well the, the thing is I, six weeks yeah <laughs> exactly yeah. Well, well the thing is
0: <laughs> I, I had a series of life changing oh, operations God. yeah and uh, you know when you ask for uh, rehabilitation of physiotherapy it's like, well, we haven't really got the capacity we can give you one session a week for, <coughs> as Ian says, six weeks which is standard Wh- which yeah. is, uh, yeah. you know, it's okay if you've got a, a broken arm or whatever but when you're held together with bits of mm-hmm. aluminium and metal mm-hmm. and yeah. things like that, it's a different. So, so anyway, I'm d- digressing but mm-hmm. the, the, the crux of it is I didn't have any sort of intervention other than myself to to kind of support myself but in time that took its toll on me having to manage a, a disability hold down a full-time job because i was coming in from work my knees were in pain my ankles were in pain my lower back was in pain because these muscles had been switched off for years and then i'm, I'm going into work the following day I, I, again i was under that uh, pressure of having to pay bills and, and things like that and uh at that it, it was it was managed through medication I went to my GP and know I, um, I said look I'm not I'm not feeling well I'm not naturally um an angry person mm-hmm. I'm not naturally aggressive or yeah. anything like that but my fuse is getting incredibly short yeah and he said is it stress with work I said well no not particularly I says, you know I told him the situation with surgery and, and so on and uh you just said, well, it, it, it sounds like to me you're suffering from depression, and I, I acknowledged that. I said, well, I'm fed up. Um, mm-hmm. and, and for me, the, the thing that I came up with between stress and depression, I, I was stressed for a long time trying to keep up with work and do things as well as being in pain a lot of the time and do physio on the morning, do physio on the night time when I come in and things like that. I was stressed about that. But when you're depressed... Um, you're past caring. Yeah, you're past the point of I'm not. I have no fear of consequence. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know. So if, if, for me as a learning experience, if your stress and anxieties aren't dealt with in the, over a prolonged period of time, it's very easy to have no fear of consequence. Yeah. And in normal day to day life, uh, um, let's say people have certain things, the fear of. Um, losing a loved one, the fear of, I don't know, you, you lose, lo- yeah. losing your home, losing your livelihood. Yeah, all standard stresses, uh, yeah. You know,
2: yeah.
0: When, you, when you're having an episode of depression or a bad day, some people might want to call it, you have no fear of consequence, you're not bothered, what happens? You just want your brain to shut off and and stop thinking yeah you you to stop about everything because as Ian quite rightly said before when you When you have any impairment you have to plan there's a lot of planning goes into it right where am i going to park how am i going to get there is there any stairs Mm -hmm. is there anybody going to be there to carry a a hot drink if i want one because i haven't got support with this today so i just don't drink exactly so so there's a lot you should do yeah there's a lot of there's a lot of planning that goes into it yeah you know and that gets exhausting Mm -hmm. and uh as i say for me it was just a learning experience—the difference between stress mm-hmm. and depression. Because people yeah. people used to say, like, "Oh well, what if you lose your job?" And, but my job, I, I couldn't really care about my job to be honest. Even if I was on, you know, five thousand pound a week, it doesn't matter because I'm mm-hmm. past that point of caring. Yeah. Yep. I'm not, it, this is about yep. me actually yep. just living and in, in getting up and mm-hmm. breathing because I've lost comprehension of what what reality is and what's. What's really uh, focus in your mind,
1: and mm-hmm. you know, it's, it's a a, one. this that's such a fascinating subject because you've hit. I think you've hit that. That's such a fantastic example in your own life is a real good summary of what I think people really misconstrue about recovery and how to get better. Mm-hmm. And I'm talking better in a kind of like in a, in the grand scheme of your life and how you feel in a, on a day to day basis. Because if you take, for example, how people treat depression, because <coughs> you probably did have. depressive feeling or you were Mm -hmm. feeling depressed but usually unless you've got some sort of um genetic you know you've been depressed all your life or you've Mm -hmm. had some sort of traumatic experience or whatever it is it's Mm -hmm. it's quite rare for it to be consistent Mm -hmm. it's you uh, more 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 people are depressed situationally Mm -hmm. as in it's a byproduct of something else yes so the, the the great thing about what you just said there, and it's great experience to anyone listening to this who 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 who, who thinks what's the difference. Um, I was thinking of examples in my own life of dealing with my bipolar disorder, which I deal with every day. Mm-hmm. Um, but when I was in my worst and had no con- had no fear of consequence, which is what I remember in my darkest periods mm-hmm. of, of how I mm-hmm. felt, is that you get help with that because that what you said there about it's all about me. What, what, what's right at the beginning, I find in my experience, is if people deal with that, that aspect of it, because you have to, because that's the dangerous side, mm-hmm. that's you not caring, and you know, you're know you at the lowest of the low, you need to get out of that frame of mind to recover. Mm-hmm. So focusing on that in the beginning is essential and the right thing to do. But my argument is, uh, we as a society and the companies involved, like the NHS and stuff like that, they focus on that too much. Because once you start feeling an element of of feeling better and going okay, I'm in a I'm in a frame of, I'm not well, but I'm in the right frame of mind to go. I'm willing to try stuff and all that sort of thing. Then it's that's when you get thrown back into society, or thrown back into your regular life, mm-hmm. and none of your issues have been solved. Mm-hmm. So it's going to happen again. Mm-hmm. You're going to relapse again if you're not if you've not got the tools to deal with the stresses and yeah. stuff that you have. Your depression's going to come back, mm-hmm. and then people go, "What? Well, I thought you fixed me." Mm-hmm. No, we, we gave you the opportunity to fix yourself mm-hmm. in in other ways, and because people don't understand that. Yeah. There's, that's the reason I think people end up going through cycles mm. of just feeling depressed, recovering a little bit, feeling depressed, feeling to recover, and that's the dangerous aspect of 100%. it you know? and I think for me that was the that was the start of saying for me I
0: needed to do something different where yeah. i wasn't under the uh, demands of somebody else,
1: and I started reading a lot about um I was going to ask you yeah that's an obvious question I ask you like what did you do what did you do differently do you um, know, I, I started reading I wrote I've
0: uh, uh, done yoga I started yoga but I read a lot of self-help books um, one of the books I, I know this is, might sound wrong but there's nothing wrong there's questions there was a particular book uh, which which helped me and it's not directly linked to depression or but it was about Financial freedom. I thought to myself, if I can be financially free, mm-hmm. then I can manage my uh, mental illness and and also my recovery and exercise and enable me to walk better. If I didn't have a eight hour job in in, in, in the middle of my day. Yeah. So for me, I read a book called Rich Dad Poor Dad uh, by Robert K. Sarvey. I think I've heard of that. Yeah and and a lot of people might have different ideas of it but that book changed was for you changed my life uh uh-huh. um and it's not directly linked but i it'd be interesting to think how many people's lives would change if they were financially independent mm-hmm. and now we're able to do
2: work on their own terms like what we do now can i just ask though yeah because it's changed their life and i've seen that mm. But has it changed your mental health, as in terms of depression? Um, it's more manageable because right.
0: because I don't have to sing to anybody else's tune.
2: Mm-hmm. If that makes yeah. sense. Yeah. Um, That's what I thought you. Were
0: I, I don't have to. Um, you know, I, I've had uh, managers in the past uh, in uh, places of work where I've been unable to get to work, not not due to mental illness, yeah. but I've been unable to get to work due to bad weather conditions.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And I was using a wheelchair full-time at that point. And the response was, well, you live near a metro, yeah? Can you not get the metro? No, you don't understand. It, it's it got 10 inches <laughs> of snow outside. I can't push my wheelchair in the snow. Yeah, I, If I can't get off my front door... I can't get out of me drive what chance have I got of pushing to the metro and the response Mm -hmm. was from a higher level manager who's on a good salary well can you not get the metro and that to me increases my level of frustration anger depression Mm -hmm. and things like that because I'm managed by those types of people who have no concept of the Mm -hmm. day to day life that it's like having a physical impairment so that those sort of things um, asking and you want the ones at work or your supervisions so when do you think they will return to work when do you think they will be better mm-hmm. what do you mean how, how do I know yeah. how yeah. do I
1: know I can't guarantee yeah it's like they, they, yeah. They, we've it's seen live know. in a world in that sense where they all want to live on guarantees that you're yeah. going to say by this date I'm going to be better it's, and I'm like it doesn't work like yeah, yeah. it,
0: it's because of the corporate stance that we live in in this bureaucratic society where there's just so much red tape and nonsense and people paid an absolute fortune and really they have no concept of, of how to deal with
1: anything that's outside of the mainstream you know yeah um i was going to say um when you when you gave that example darren <coughs> i was going to ask you Ian, is that well just for both people to start but um what I find as well in terms of discriminatory aspects, and then I want to delve into the company you, because you've mentioned mm, the company yeah. a couple of times, I definitely want to talk about that now. But I just, I was just thinking as you said that there Darren about, because obviously, you know, we, we, you've been on Mentally Sound as I'm sure that I do, and the, the, the thing that I find very alarming in terms of, because obviously, um, just to run down a few lists of things, cause people can laugh if they want, cause I, I, I can mm-hmm. deal with it. But I get, you know, I, I get long haired freak or ginger or something, you know, I get like these discriminatory things, or like, you know, get a haircut, that kind of thing. And I'm used to it, I don't care, cause this is the way I wanna look and all that kind of thing, this is who I am. Um, or or nerd or geek in a derogatory way because obviously you know this mm. this show has geek in the title, um, but I find the worst discriminatory things. I know this is maybe a generalisation, but I, I hope the points make sense. Mm. The I ha- the worst stuff I hear is through people who have disabilities in terms of wheelchair users and stuff. The worst I've ever heard has been been that. Yeah has been the way, like, the, w- what you just described there, it's like, I always think of, um, what, the, another example I was thinking as you were saying that was ASA, the way that, like, you have to prove that you have a disability, yeah, yeah. and I just think that's just so, um, you know how they test the whole, yeah. put your arms in the air, and yeah. that proves that you can do things and that sort of thing, so I wanted to just ask you, in a way that you're comfortable answering, um... Do, is, am I is that right for me to think like that? Because obviously you're in the situation I'm not. You have the disabilities I don't. And I'm just curious as to like, do you think that you're treat differently in that sense? Is or is uh, um. or, or or maybe or maybe do or maybe do people look at it in different ways, maybe? Is that the right way of saying it? I'm not sure. About. Um right.
2: I think if if I go back to my childhood, okay I got all the Derogatory terms, mm-hmm. but it was all to me. It was all playground stuff okay. that you would you would get anyway as okay. a as a child.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: Um, so I I kind of took it, and it, it didn't harm me. Okay, but I had friends who weren't disabled who were mega offended mm-hmm. on my behalf. Yeah, of course, and. They they would put a stop to it mm-hmm. because they were offended. For me, okay. So I was never particularly offended. Okay. But the funny thing was that I once I had a, a, another job before doing all of this, mm-hmm. where it was an office-based job, and there was another disabled person in there who called himself a spacker okay. all the time. And I hated it. Yeah, It had never offended me mm-hmm. when I was called it,
1: mm-hmm.
2: but by hearing it
1: mm-hmm. day him in, and, day out. Like, yeah, being horrible to and himself, he was
2: yeah. doing it there in power itself. Yeah. But I ended up saying to oh, him, look, you're going to have to stop this because this is upsetting me. Yeah,
1: Fuck So
2: mm-hmm. I think. Anyone can offend anyone. Yeah. But yeah, I think you've got to be able to be big enough to confront. You. Well, I,
1: I, it sounds like, correct me if I'm wrong, that um, that that's wonderful that you had a, a friendship circle that wouldn't we yeah. fight them battles for you, and and they knew that that wasn't yes. nice. And mm-hmm. um, that certainly makes it makes it easier um, for one. But
2: realize that It's it's not always the case. Yes, absolutely. That you've got that, or that you're tough enough to stand up to it and yeah challenge it yeah
1: because I, I i think so, it's more the fact um, it sounds like to me like i mean obviously that's not a nice word at all but it, no. it sounds like the way he was saying it didn't sound very nice because i always think the kind of way you say things is kind of more important than yeah anything, but, um. i think that individual even though i don't know who it is a lot of people call
0: themselves it to to stop other people yeah yeah it's, it's, it, it, it's sort yeah. of like uh-huh. okay I'm going to get in first so if I call yeah. myself it a bit
1: like a comedian at the it, beginning it, of the routine is. you yeah, know when yeah, they go it, it means, oh yeah I'm this 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 and this yeah. so stop you, yeah, don't, yeah, say, yeah, it, yeah, you yeah. don't heckle
0: me it's also about talking using words that are shock tactics like you can't say that it's like the lost voice guy who's got it, Britain's World Talent Yeah, great comedian excellent at what he does no problems at all but He sees things mainly around his disability, based on what I've seen. Yeah, but it's all the things that people who haven't got a disability might think or they might want to see it or or they're being told you can't say that you can't say that and and there's so many derogatory things but he wears a t-shirt that says I'm only in it for the parking
1: now now, now a lot of people
0: over the years you know I'm 39 Uh a lot of people over the years have said to me are you only in it for a bag (laughs) yes they've said it in a Uh jokey way but but that that comedian is getting in there first by talking about taboo subjects openly which I think is fantastic but it just shows that the it, it still exists. It, yeah. it you know it's it does. It's how you deal with it. I mean, it's never really bothered me. I mean, it doesn't have to be a derogatory name around me. Disability. Somebody can mm-hmm. call you a name, but it, like you said, Stephen, it's how you say it. Mm-hmm. You know, if I tell you to shut up it wouldn't be meant in a nasty way, but if I tell you to shut up through clenched teeth and frowned, I yeah. do at 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 yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. It, 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 it's the same words yeah. but it's how it's it, yeah. said yeah, yeah. in more context, yeah. so I, you know, but a lot of people, I don't know, it's just how they, how they deal with it individually, you know, a lot of
2: people, you, they don't mind talking about the disability. Um, but then we do an exercise about the power of language within really, disability. And we do that really to protect other people from saying the wrong things. Mm-hmm. but we would always say within that, we know that people don't intentionally in the workplace, for example, don't intentionally say the wrong things, yeah, but they might slip open. And you don't want people worrying about that.
1: Yeah. Mm-hmm. As I think
2: long as you're, you're okay when if someone does pull you up, yeah. don't be upset by that. I also it think, from it.
1: yeah, I also think exactly that's what was about, yeah, but then as I was about to say, I think that's, that's a much more um, disarming way of approaching it because mm-hmm. if, it's about educating the person, not going, yeah. how dare you say yeah, that yeah. thing and you're going to be punished for that. Yeah. Um, but if they don't know what they're doing and they don't know why it's bad, then it's a bit like the example you were give you the example you reminded me of when you were talking is that uh, one of the things that cringes me a little bit is when I hear kids using the word rape mm. and they use it as in like I raped that guy as in like I as in I did it like as in a, I beat him in a game yeah, yeah. Um, and I really find that uncomfortable because oh. of the context of the yeah. word. Yeah. Um, yeah. But then 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 you then when you th- logic kicks in and you go they've learned that that's a learned behaviour and they're saying uh-huh. it no, they don't mean it in the context of what you're, you're um, yeah. that you're upset over that because that, the, 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 they don't mean it literally mm. it's a metaphorical way of mm. saying it but at the same time it doesn't make you uncomfortable because you know the context So, um, so it's in that scenario you're much better off instead of punishing the kid sit down and have a conversation and say this is what that word means if you continue to use that word you need to understand the context of what what that actually means Um, and then then you go Mm -hmm. from there so talking about language and what's what's appropriate and what isn't it's funny when a
0: lot of people ask uh, you know, I guess I've worked in various roles and, and, and different things and for the majority of my life I used a wheelchair, but uh, when people have wanted to ask questions around my disability mm-hmm. or you can see them staring, and they'll always start with an apology, you know yeah. it's, <laughs> strange. Very interesting. It, it's yeah. strange I'm sorry, but do you mind if I ask? Yeah, I hope you don't mind us asking, but it, it's all funny how society and, and socially people do you mind if I ask you a question, I'm sorry but Uh can I ask this can I ask what happened, I'm sorry if if you're offended Mm -hmm. you know, they always start with an apology, it shouldn't be, people shouldn't be walking on eggshells in case they offend somebody, Mm -hmm. you know they shouldn't be like that, and this is part of the problem, it creates a culture where you can't say that you can't do that, you can't do that when really, the the vast majority if people were more open and transparent, okay so if somebody had a disability or somebody has mental health what what you know why is that any different any other illness
1: mm-hmm. you know i was just about to say i think there'll be people in this sentence i'm about to say think there'll be i'm sure there'll be somebody listening to this who will find this next sentence controversial what i'm saying but it really isn't controversial when i go what's the difference between you asking me about my bipolar disorder and me asking you about cerebral palsy the difference is only physical versus mental and as you quite rightly pointed yeah. out what we were talking about is mm-hmm. um I'm I'm uh, I'm physically limited limited sometimes with my bipolar disorder totally. just mm-hmm. as much as you so are mentally yeah. limited yeah. by your cerebral 100%, 100%. palsy. Hundred percent. So why so then why I've always that why do had,
2: you do um, parents when when you're out mm-hmm. parents will stop their children and don't stay with the man, don't ask <laughs> the man that it's done. Yeah, I mean, why not? Yeah, yeah. I mean, I'm obviously, there's context. Why but, am I yeah. not worthy staring at Yeah, exactly. Doesn't
1: mean it's not good looking. I mean, <laughs> <it's fast>. <laughs> <laughs> you know, that, 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 but it, you, you're so right. I mean, um, I don't know. Did I say that? Did I? Uh, I I'm, I'm now worried that I came up to you at the meeting. because I spoke to you, Darren, first because you were doing your uh-huh. speech and stuff. Did I didn't say? Can I? Am I okay to ask you? Did I say that? I'm gonna. I'm now worried yeah, that I did. <laughs> I can't remember. <laughs> but I, I, I,
0: can't, I can't remember, put it but again it's just a nice uh, yeah Observationally,
1: I just really like I just got like teleported back to that situation. <laughs> yeah. But did I say I'm really sorry? But I want to ask you because uh, uh, I'm, I'm Mr. Curious yeah, and yeah. I was brought up in a kind, of, yeah, I'm sorry, but yeah, so? I, but it's yeah. just yeah. Um, again, it's about yeah. using the correct language
0: and imp- empowering language, you yeah. know. But a lot of people from all backgrounds, mm-hmm. all sectors, we all
1: do it, you know. Yeah. We, we all do it. I mean, it obviously provides it. context because I think mm-hmm. if we if I came up to you, Ian, and went, Oh, what like what's what's wrong with you or something, uh, then that would not be very yeah, nice. Yeah. Mm. but if I had a com- like I, I had a conversation with you and we never I never I, from what I remember it wasn't the case of me sitting down and saying you mm-hmm. okay Darren explain to me what your problem yeah. is and whatever we had we talked yeah, about yeah, a variety yeah. of different yeah, things yeah, yeah, yeah. and then I went and then we talked about because of the probably yeah, yeah, again it's probably the context of it was a conference mm-hmm. and we were there for a particular reason so that that probably paid a part in what we talked about but it wasn't the case of like right let's talk about our problems there we could sit down and do no, that cool. so I want some um, next experience when mm-hmm. I was, I was at
2: school and a teacher had left me in the middle of a corridor in my wheelchair.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: So he'd gone off to do something and as I'm sat there, there's a blind man walking towards me
1: mm-hmm.
2: and he had the white cane. I was about five or six at the time and I'd never seen anyone with a, a white cane. Yeah, okay. So I didn't know he was blind. And he's walking towards. water it. it's getting closer and closer and i'm sitting i couldn't move mm-hmm. so i'm thinking is he gonna go one way or the other and he just walked straight into us took me wheelchair over he just tripped over me and he's having a right go at me why didn't he tell us you were there why you should have told him i didn't know that you yeah, you what? couldn't see yeah. I've oh, never aye, I've aye, never met aye, a blind aye, person aye. Yeah. Aye. so as a disabled person to another disabled person i have upset him he's hurt himself but I'm now scared of all blind people <laughs> <laughs> I'm not going to get told up when <laughs> they've walk towards me and it's all your first aye,
1: experience your first experience,
2: experience yeah. your first impression there,
1: there was, was, was a story I told this. a long time ago um and uh, this this always fascinated me because I remember talking about this at university, and I remember this happening. Is that um, unfortunately in the people who are not in the country? I'm going to explain a little context here. Um so in England, what I would say is a fair, and particularly where where I was brought up and everything, there was this kind of um, passive sort of racism. Um, at least in my experience I saw it in some members of my family and they weren't necessarily like you know um, mm-hmm. you know going out and causing trouble but you know they did have you could tell yes. this sort of learned racism yeah. and I remember that from when I was really really young and then we went and what this 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 is an, I think an interesting comparison because then we went on holiday to Mallorca when I was like sort of maybe 10 or maybe 9, 8, 10, something like that, mm-hmm. um, with my family with my dad, because my parents now divorced, but at the time mm-hmm. they were together. And and it mainly came from my sort of dad and stuff like that, had that sort of passive attitude. And then um, the US, the Enterprise, not not the Star Trek one, the actual real one, the um, the aircraft carrier, I think it no, is, yeah. um, was actually in Mallorca Harbour for some particular, or just off Mallorca Harbour, nice. and they were on shore leave. So all these sailors from America came into the bar because we were in the harbour and like the in a a bar, and they all came in in the sailor costumes and stuff. And my mum was all like super interested, Mm -hmm. and my mum starts Mm -hmm. talking to one of the guys in the ship who's a black guy, and I'm because I'm a kid. I think it makes sense. I think I was about eight because my reaction was bizarre Mm because I remember it, but bizarre now in context. But Mm -hmm. at the time it makes sense because I don't think. In hindsight, I ever saw a black guy till then, mm. and I don't mean this as in I'm I'm talking only about skin color. I'm just saying it, it that the the the, uh, the he's different in that sense. That just for me in a simplistic way. I don't mean I'm mm. I'm, I'm, I'm putting him in a putting this person in a box. I'm just saying I knew he looked different, so I was like I couldn't. I was trying to process it. Yeah, and then um, my mum... Was chatting to him in a bar and brought him over for a drink, cause that's what my mum's like when it was typical. Mm-hmm. Mom, uh, <laughs> I mean, any mum in the northeast uh, of England, no. they're all like, no. have a drink, come on. No. Um, so my mum was like that, cause I mean, she was worked as a waitress for a so uh, long time no, and no. stuff. She's very, very friendly. Mm-hmm. Um, so she came over and my family treated him really, really well and i'm going so it's like <laughs> so uh-huh. then afterwards i'm thinking like and i'm going but the way that my dad talks then i'm uh-huh. like going, that must be who my dad was mm-hmm. talking about like uh-huh. you know i'm thinking of it yeah. in a very simplistic uh-huh. way yeah. and i'm going but why is he like based on and then you realize in time that it's all learned behavior yeah. yeah. because when they actually meet yeah. somebody so i guess is a, the reason i'm thinking that was uh-huh. a good comparison to a disabled person in the Um, and you learn how to you learn you know you maybe just kind of feel threatened because you hear the sort of discriminatory aspect of or don't it's it's almost passive discriminatory as well because I don't think they mean it it yeah I just go oh don't talk to them don't offend them because uh-huh. men and I would say them all the time as well which mm-hmm. I think is yeah. wrong um, but don't, don't offend him or her or whatever mm-hmm. it may be and then I'm like but it's not well how about actually treating them like a normal person and then uh-huh. it, it doesn't matter really does it, it? Uh, again it's, it, uh, I think it's all
0: relative to mm-hmm. reflect social climates yeah. at, at certain times um, f- you know for example I had to change schools in the early 80s because they couldn't accommodate my wheelchair, um, wow. because it wasn't accessible and stuff like that. So I had to mm-hmm. change from mainstream school to a, a school with children with additional needs, um, simply because the, the classes were on different levels and things like that. Yeah. And yesterday, me and Ian went to a, a facility, and they had a art exhibition on. Yeah, and they had a part of their ex- exhibition was uh, around. Early, mobility vehicles and they were called invalid, in- invalid <laughs> carriages. Yeah. In wow, invalid carriages. Okay, Na- now invalid. Yeah, wow. Is that yeah. that's yeah. quite? Is that der- like derogatory? But the only called, is now. Okay. But but they were quite popular in the seventies and eighties. Yeah, really. Okay. Yeah, right so, from the forties. Oh, okay. Yeah, so people who had I don't know, the uh, impairments of any kind, like. Arms missing legs, missing yeah. amputees and, uh, and um, war with that, yeah, guess, yeah. yeah. But they've got a uh facility not too far from here where they've got an exibis- what's that? expedition? Exhibition. 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 Um with the this particular car <laughs> and it's called an invalidity carriage. And Ian mm. remembers these and the
2: Yeah, I remember eardies. them from <laughs> the 80s. There were there were ah. three VLAP cars. Okay but they were made fiberglass okay. so on high winds it <laughs> would blow over <laughs> <laughs> you like smart cars or something you know death. kind of that. <laughs> oh well, this is what disabled people are driving around yeah. them for oh years in
0: a derogatory term in that time which I know people have used this term for those cars were spatter carriages ah, and, Okay. Yeah. 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 but even the even the uh-huh. the, the proper terminology invalid carriages yeah when we've done sessions around empower um, on language and, and if you think of the word invalid invalid you're invalid all oh, right yeah. yeah 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 of course yeah. so yeah, yeah yeah so again it goes back to social climate it's inherited learned behavior mm-hmm. from years yeah. and years of if inherited whether it be discriminatory rape, racism. And things like that, mm-hmm. about what you're saying about your holiday in my yoga, and the same with disabled people, and the same with.
1: Uh, uh, <laughs> it's okay, you can, we, can, we can take this out, just whatever needs What it something? He's just checking if you have an extra car in the disabled, cause a, just checking before we we'll put it. No, <laughs> that's a, we should leave that in the show's live <laughs> <laughs> sorry I mean, that was just the manager of the building court. Yeah, yeah. But that um, still alive
0: <laughs> <laughs> it, 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 it goes back to the, the social climate about how society's changing what's acceptable back in the 40s and 50s isn't acceptable now no. yeah, and we're still we're still learning we're still mm-hmm. moving forward but 30, 40 years ago you had invalid carriages. I had to change schools in the 80s because they couldn't accommodate my wheelchair. Your
1: basic needs. My basic needs.
0: My first wheelchair had to be fundraised for because there was
2: no provision Mm -hmm. for the type of wheelchair that I needed. But But it it was only 10 to 15 years ago that the government ended invalidity benefits. Yes, okay, so it was still used within. Oh, it wasn't a dis- disability benefit, it was called that. In- invalidity yeah. benefit. Really,
0: so, huh? so oh, for, I see. I new, that. for a yeah. lot of years, disabled people were, even as the title suggests, invalid, even now, disabled. Disabled, are, are you disabled? Yeah, are you not able? Yeah, yeah, well, for me, in my opinion, I can do anything anybody else can, anything at all. It just might be done in a different way.
1: It's funny because, um, me and my, um, I guess this is quite a personal reflection, but um, my mum has Parkinson's disease, mm. and um, this is a debate me and my siblings have all the time, because I say, because I'm uncomfortable with the term uh, disability in the sense of, for that very context, and mm-hmm. um, comparison, like the way people take that word, because yeah. I always say that my mum's partially disabled, because... Mm-hmm. Um, as in she has a physical limitation because I mean obviously she's she's got the beginnings of Parkinson's dementia at the minute which is not fun at all but I'm saying the reason I'm uncomfortable with it is because like you exactly said is that the idea of that, they're no longer I'm worth anything. Yeah, um, I hate that feeling yeah. because even though my mum's obviously, you know, she's seventy-two now, and mm. um, she had, you know, she's had, a, you know, she had three kids, all that sort of thing. There's, there's, there's reasons you can come up with, and obviously she's got something to deal with that's very serious. But at the same time I go, it doesn't mean when I go and visit her that it's like it doesn't mean anything or she's not valuable or she doesn't matter and she's not important mm-hmm. or she can't and she she can still do little bits of things and mm-hmm. so it's better off focusing on that than all the stuff she can't do. Mm-hmm. Um and I think well, that what yeah, I would say in, in response to that
2: is mm-hmm. that the term disability to me is um I'm I'm more disabled by society. Wow! So, if society isn't accessible, Mm -hmm. the environment isn't accessible. People in society don't provide for me as a disabled person. Yeah, that's disabling me. Mm -hmm. But
1: powerful.
2: I I would always say that I'll always be impaired. My my body will always be impaired, but you can. Take away a lot of the barrier mm-hmm. is by providing a suitable service, yeah, inclusive. and an inclusive service. I, I, that's such an a inclusive a, environment. That's
1: such a powerful point. So I
2: think that's that's always been the argument from disabled people:
1: mm-hmm.
2: change the environment, change mm-hmm. the society, and you'll change the outlook. Mm-hmm. On disability. Because then, if you
1: kind of, yeah, because then if if that happens user like you were saying you're included in regular society yeah. I hear, yeah, that, yeah, term. Yeah, I hear yeah, that term yeah, but that's basically yeah, what yeah. it is Yeah. Um, and then it's less obvious that you have a disability then because it's because then um, we're acknowledging it and yeah. we're helping you through it and all that kind of thing uh, the, the reason I said that's powerful not only that you're seeing it from your point of view but um, yeah I think you can apply that to a ton of different examples mm-hmm. and yeah. you know? um, I think that's the thing that's actually a really nice segue because we've got like about 10 minutes left just to that's say right. Um, I wanted to ask you about the training because you've touched on it a few times and I guess so, so in regards, the reason I wanted to have the debate and then have talk about the training last is that like, where you've come in in terms of the company and the training and stuff like that as in, I'm curious as in because you said, for example, you do the language stuff which we talked mm-hmm. about a little bit, but what other, I mean, a, a generalised but you can, you can answer it however you want, but what type of training do you guys do and like what, W- w- like, how does it relate to the problems we've been discussing? Just
2: for hours talking about, yes. there, um, around the disability. Yes, we we look at the models of disability. Mm-hmm. So there's the social model and there's a the medical model. Yes, and the medical model is a historical model of how society has viewed disabled people. And mm-hmm. um, so. Wow. It's how, when you were talking before about the invalid carriages mm-hmm. years ago, that was a, a positive thing because it was providing people with a, a mode of transport. Yeah wasn't a safe mode of transport <laughs> but it was a mode.
1: <laughs> oh god, that's like people who go, Well, the services is be rubbish but you've got a service <laughs> Yeah, and that that's
2: what it's about, I think.
1: <laughs> In the
2: eighties and nineties yeah. disabled people took control of um, the terminology mm-hmm. and the social model is a more empowering model so it's about disabled people taking control so one example would be years ago a deaf person couldn't attend a meeting in the if you look at it in the medical model mm-hmm. they couldn't attend a meeting because they couldn't hear what was going on so no sign language yeah. but under a social model they would say well I can't attend the meeting because you haven't provided
0: mm-hmm.
2: interpreters yeah so it's putting the emphasis back,
1: back on, on them, yeah. on them yeah. to provide it. The help yeah. th- and help feel helpless. Then yeah. that's when you yeah. feel helpless yeah. and yeah. feel because you, you could let attend. The, you yeah. could
0: attend the meeting, but because the services that you require weren't there, yeah. that was disabling you, you know, from, from attending. Mm-hmm. You know. Yeah. So, as I said before, myself and Ian can do anything anybody else can it just has to be done in a different way and um, mm-hmm. we both drive adapted vehicles yeah. we both have a yeah. own home we're both you know we 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 live an ordinary life yeah, for want of a better word mm-hmm. but a lot of people who aren't aware of disability they might think oh poor you oh yeah. you live quite a yeah. sheltered yeah. life kind of thing and they have this
1: if only
2: the new, <laughs> <laughs>
1: yeah. All the killing that Ian does, <laughs> and that's just a joke. It's just a joke. We can say it on this podcast. Um, you give me that, He give me that evil, like, he put his eyebrow up and he was like, <laughs> Get but, knocked
2: on the door. <laughs> <head. laughs> yeah, yeah, I just
1: weird We're like, We've been expecting you, Stephen. <laughs> Ian sent us around. Yeah, how dare you say that? Uh, but not. but um, I'm more than. Willing to say, I think, and I think this shows that I've, I, I've, I think I've got a healthy approach to this. Is to say, I'm more than comfortable in saying all of the stuff that you've described. There'll be something that you guys, there'll be several things that you're better at than me. And I guess if we're looking at the stereotype of me being able-bodied or not able-bodied, which is the way people look at things, but yeah. mm-hmm. the point I'm making is that there'll be things, there'll be skills that you have yeah, that looks- I don't have. So why? put each other in that uh-huh. bracket mm-hmm. because as you're saying it's like my brain might not work as well as yours on any, any mm-hmm. other given day and then the rules mm-hmm. might be reversed or whatever it means it does mm-hmm. it that that I think is a really good way that we've been describing that putting people I'm a really I'm a really like quite passionate person and about I don't like putting people in boxes Mm -hmm. I I just think that Mm because I I think that's what leads to neither do
2: I just when you're on about killing people (laughs) yeah (laughs) I
1: just put them in the river (laughs) oh god <laughs> That's funny, but um, but yeah. So we were talking about just I was asking you about the the, the different training. So I we used to because um I remember when I did Reese, uh, me and Ricky um, had a look at your website. Yeah, uh, yeah. I look at all of your Facebook stuff and whatnot. And one of the things that um, me and Ricky and I, I don't know whether or not we asked you this at the time, but I know you deal with them. Um, is it? Uh, I don't have my notes with me in front of me now, but it was the disability. Is it the Disability Act or something that you actually yes. do talks and stuff about? About promoting it to companies. Yeah. Yeah. Am so I getting this right? Yeah, is yeah, yeah. that saying right? So yeah. any
0: sort of a, a quality train, quality yeah. training, quality act. the equality yeah. act, uh, like yeah. the care act. Yeah, inclusive environments. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, we do access audits for buildings to make sure they're all disability compliant, oh, right. to make sure they're accessible, that uh, that, yeah, that to make sure amazing. they've got yeah. the fi- the right doorways, mm. fire exits, uh, uh, and to make sure car Carpool. parking. <laughs> <carpooling. laughs> Because um, you're the it with the bar. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm, <gonna> <laughs> um, I'm taking on the so, actor lost guy. So, uh-huh. so all kinds of training around mental health. Uh, um, we we want to do more advocacy and support yeah, individuals. Yeah. Um, but at the moment, we haven't got the capacity or the funds to do that. But a lot of people mm-hmm. seem to be, be approaching us, asking for help with universal credit, yeah. asking for help with personal independence payment and the process involved with that, about going to tribunals, going to, going to um, em, em, um, employment assessments, about going back to mm-hmm. work. Um, I spoke to someone around that this morning who was quite anxious about he has to go to a back to work yeah. interview, but he's really um, quite ill, mm-hmm. uh, physically and mentally. At the moment, and that
2: doesn't help him
0: at all. It it doesn't, uh, which adds to his. uh, That sounds like he's not getting the help. Anxiety, Um, so there's a lot of people contact us uh, daily asking for
1: support around form filling and things like that. And it's not just to be clear; it's not just about. Uh, as far as I understand, it's not just about helping someone with a physical disability or anything like that, it, what's no. The, there's no necessary criteria, I, no. I asked you no. no. of that at No,
0: I mean obviously we cover things around the Care Act as well, so yes. this affects the wider family, you know, so a lot of people, you know, when they see the person with the impairment, but how does that affect their partner, their, their children, their grandchildren, the, the wider family, so are they being supported, you know? Is there any adaptions that need to be made to the home or their workplace or are being supported mm-hmm. at work you know there's all it, it's a huge area but uh, unless you 've got the right support network it can make it mm-hmm. really really difficult and it goes back to what we were saying before around mental health and just to reiterate what you were saying before about uh, you, your mental health experience mm-hmm. in, in from somebody that's experienced both a physical and me- mental illness i would say there's nothing more debilitating than, than severe depression from from experience oh wow okay um you know and i've had uh, a physical impairment which i was born with um but anybody who is really having a difficult time with yeah, their yeah. mental health yes your legs might work your arms might work your heart's pumping but you really can't function you can't get out of bed yeah if you've lost desire yeah yeah. yeah. you you know you should you you know you should and that's the difficult bit because you're kind of arguing with yourself and you can spend the entire day or week arguing with yourself i should get up and get showered i should go out i should do this why am i not going out it's sunny outside i should be, i know but you yeah, end up arguing with yourself and uh there's nothing more debilitating than than, than that if you're having a it's very if, wow. you, if you're having a dark day and nobody understands that well you know there's been times well you know you need to do this but well, i know what i need to
1: do i know this isn't how i should be feeling you know but I would go along with that I mean yeah. I've had some I've, I've been in a few accidents and stuff I got hit by a bike I think is the worst thing I've went through mm-hmm. in terms of a physical mm-hmm. uh, a physical injury I broke a couple of ribs and stuff like that and I was off work for a month mm-hmm. and um, that's why I chipped my tooth um, that's why I chipped my tooth too I'm just showing them my, my front tooth that's got chipping mm-hmm. um, and um that's that I would take that again, um, in in relation to it. And there's no comparison between that. And if I, you know, when I was suicidal and I lost the will to live, and um, yeah, it it it's just that, and that's that's I think is the the most powerful way you can describe to someone who doesn't think mental health is meaningful or what it, it, you know. I don't know how else he could say it any more powerful. Now, nah, just that. bring it
2: back yeah, as well down. though about the link between physical and mental health yes because i think we've identified a lot of times during our work just in a short time Mm -hmm. about the links and one of the things that i've pushed for for years and years and i think it's still something that we want to push forward we've both been disabled from birth and through school and education and um, as a younger person you get far more services around your physical needs so physiotherapy, occupational therapy speech and language therapy it's all there up until you're 16 year old I think it's 18 now Mm but once you're 18 those services end and we talked before about six week physio program, mm. so then you get a sheet of paper, do these exercises, <laughs> so well, I need someone to physically do them with Yeah. Me, so I can't do what's on a sheet of paper. Yeah. So that then feeds into mental health, mm-hmm. because you're not getting the services that you, your body needs. Yeah. So I still think there's a big push. I agree. As there was when we talked about mental health, it's still limited services for time limited. So yeah. if you go to a counsellor, you get so many weeks and then the counsellor is finished the new assume before it's up to you to then. But you need the tools to manage it yeah. longer
0: term. Mm-hmm. Because you're still in.
1: Because I think the key word is uh, yeah. It's you're right in. It's it goes full circles. What we almost at the beginning. What we talked about about um, about the idea of uh, it's the term being in recovery. Mm -hmm. As in, if you're still recovering you know I think that's the real danger side of it is as you were uh-huh. saying that like you end up you end up like you'll get a six week thing and then you might feel some benefit but it'll, it takes way longer before yeah. you sort of feel like a little bit like somewhat yourself and then you start prospering uh-huh. and then you start going like you know so in it because um, what's awful about mental health as well and that's something we've not mentioned just and I'll say this just briefly because I want to wrap, uh, wrap things up and yeah, yeah. talk about your company Um for the last bit is to just say um usually what happens with mental health is you become the opposite to what you are in your own person at least that's been my experience in not just with me but people that, that i know who've had depression or anything they become usually the opposite to what they are personality wise um, as in like so you'll start seeing stuff like they'll become antisocial, or they'll stop going anywhere or they'll, they'll stop answering your phone calls or all that sort of thing and that's and I, and, and i guess what i'm saying in relation to recovery is that if they, st- they might over that six week period, like towards the end, go, mm-hmm. right, I'm gonna start going out now and I'm gonna like, st- but, but it's not a case of, you can't put them in the deep end, you can't yeah, no. chuck them in the deep end and go, no. right, I want you to it's do laps. No, you need to go in the shallow water yeah, yeah. and you need to know that it's safe and you need to know that you're okay uh-huh. and that you can go and just take one step at a time. I mean, when yeah. I, um, the, the best way I can show what I'm talking about from my own lived experience, when I was in the psychiatric ward about four or five years ago, um, it took me minimum of nine months when I left. To just mm. feel normal again, mm. like because it just was like I had so much traumatizing feelings, and um, I felt like I was mm. sort of learning how to live again because I mean you know I had spent two months in a in yeah. a room like the size of this, mm. not being allowed to leave um and sort of just trying to get out all these horrible negative feelings mm. that i had and then to be told right you're going to go back and you're going to like try and look for work and you're going to do all this sort of thing and i'm like how yeah. am i supposed to do I that when i just that learned that yeah, the extremities? yeah yeah and then yeah. like so you know i'm saying it luckily i mean i i got a settlement and everything and i got to be on ESA for a while and that and i just went okay i'm i'm gonna i'm gonna live very very modestly I'm just going to pay my rent and pay my mm-hmm. stuff and mm-hmm. do very little, and all I'm going to do is focus on me. I'm going to try and find stuff that I can do. It's when I went mm-hmm. to the recovery college, yeah. and then mm-hmm. I, it, all that led to this. Yeah. So mm-hmm. it, that was just through my own perseverance and everything that I, mm-hmm. got, I recovered enough. Mm-hmm. But the worry is, I always tell the story at university and everything, and tell you guys because I find myself going, I'm the lucky one though, and that I ha- I I am. There's not not everybody. Not everybody has the motive; like can reach the level of recovery and uh-huh. do it themselves. Mm. Ideally, which is what you exactly, you're exactly what your point was. Surely, it's, you're better off if we had the attitude of support the person yeah. right from the beginning and continue that support. Uh-huh. You'll find that they'll recover a lot faster then as yes. well. Of um, and then, and then you can make the argument of, and then people say it's about money. Well, if it's really about money, wouldn't it be better? to pay a little bit at the beginning to get them to be well at quicker Managing. than, 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 than yeah, having yeah. it linger all this time because that's going to be much more, uh-huh. th- th- there's so much evidence to indicate that that's way more expensive to have somebody Completed. on long-term care yeah. and short-term care. Yeah. I mean, it's just common sense. Completed. So, um, I totally I p- totally agree with you, Ian. Um, <laughs> uh, I, I, I think... That's the problem that yeah, we see a mentally sound all the time. Which I think I don't know whether we said this when you, you uh-huh. guys were here. Yeah. We always go, and I mean maybe we can end on saying this: is that we always say. I think because mental health awareness week was the other the mm-hmm. other week because we I did a special for yeah. for, for, mm-hmm. for geek podcast about this. Um, we I know there's a debate right now about whether to take awareness out of it now because I think we're at the stage where everyone's aware of mental health mm. now the issue is what do you do about it mm. do you agree with that do you agree with that notion
2: um i think we we'll are becoming aware. away i wouldn't say that everyone yeah not everyone of course um yes. mm. i think services should be away mm-hmm. but just as we talked before about the difference between working and social care or health care to, to going into business, it's
0: completely different.
2: Yeah. I don't know if there is an understanding in the business world. What well, about mental health? I was
1: going to say what, and, and on on relation to that, I think that was my last question was going to be because you guys, you know, train not just mm-hmm. individuals and carers and all that sort of thing, mm-hmm. but you train, which is one of the reasons I was fascinated by Tony's in the first place when I was talking to you at the conference, mm-hmm. is training companies to have a better mindset about yeah. how to deal with this sort of thing, and I mm-hmm. guess. Because you guys are in, like, essentially the front line in that and talking to companies, because obviously, you know, an individual like me can say companies don't do enough, but I'm not Mm. actively doing anything about it. Mm. So from your point of view, from your point of view, when you actively do train these companies, what are you training them in the sense of, I guess I'm asking in a kind of journalistic sense of going... What are companies not understanding about mental health and what, in, in in essence, and what are you training them to understand better? Well, if I'm right in the thinking, and I might be corrected on this, but mental
0: health is the biggest killer of males under 45 in yes. this country. Yes, it is, yes. Right? And mm-hmm. it's only now, recently, that it's coming to light. Yeah. Well, I've taken medication for a long time for mental health. But it's only now that it's coming to yeah, light. Just to be a
1: little bit
0: further in. So, 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 what we need to, Thanks. what we need to, to discuss and address with companies is how to look after the staff, how to spot the signs earlier. Yeah. How can they be supported into the workplace? Can they do a phased return? Can they look at reduced hours? Can they reju- look at reduced workloads? Um, and, and mental health doesn't discriminate. It affects anybody. So, yeah. regardless of whether you're. A, a senior manager a company director down to you know um, on minimum wage it makes no difference at mm-hmm. all it can affect anybody you know and it's not about um, it, it doesn't target one particular person you know we've seen recently people in the media you know, from from the outside looking in you might think well what have they got to be depressed about they've got millions in the bank they've got a fantastic lifestyle things like that don't come into it it can affect anybody Yeah, you know um, and we need to get rid of that stigma that you know um, it only affects a certain type of person or a certain type and you're weak if you. Yeah, and, and you're yeah. a weak person yeah.
1: it's, it's the weak the weak are the ones that get affected by depression yeah. or whatever it's complete bollocks it, which I can see on this it, book it, <laughs> it, 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 it's not it, it's, it's the ignorance you know yeah. the ignorance of people i wish mm. i just remembered i read a fantastic book and it was from a million it was a multi-millionaire mm. not like a very big corporation but i guess i think he did some sort of like consultancy mm. he had a consultancy company and he wrote a book about mental health which i'm, I'm ashamed i can't remember the name of it but i, I read it so mm. quickly because i was mm. so fascinated by it and his basic his, the basic premise of it was that he had all this money and he like, you know, and, and he said like, all he ever used to got from people is that why, why, you why are you depressed? What matters? And he said something which I thought was so profound and he goes, if you actually think about it, the more money they make, the less that the, the, the smaller the world gets. Mm. Because you're going into a smaller, eh. smaller group of people. Mm-hmm. Because you if you, if you look, cause his basic point was, if you look at it in terms of how much money mm-hmm. you make, it leads to success and happiness. Which is a stupid theory in itself, mm-hmm. but he says if you just take that theory and put it in a in yeah. a in a vacuum, then the more that that happens, the put your more you're putting yourself in a smaller and smaller box. Yeah. So he's like, the more money I made, the more money I got. Mm-hmm. Because I'm like I can't. I'm suddenly now not being not able to not able to interact and, yeah, and, and yeah. gel with people and all that yeah, sort of thing because I'm not the person I was when I started. Yeah, yeah, and and also the discriminatory aspect is I'm also being looked at differently the more money I make. So, yep. um, so he says like mm-hmm. um, you know, like people with lottery winners who end up end, running yeah. out of money, mm-hmm. um, they, they don't know how to handle. Handle it because they think, well, I've got everything. What, what? Like, mm. I don't, I, my theory is, I don't think they work on themselves, and mm. they get a little bit too involved in in, mm-hmm. in too many too many external goals. It's all about mm-hmm. you, how you feel, is what's but, important. But yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I, I agree
2: with that. I've got an uncle who was uh, um, he was a, an accountant at a big organization locally mm-hmm. for a number of years, and he left his job because of mental health okay then that was because of stress and pressure and deadlines that he had to hit all the time and he had managers who were on him all the time were looking over his shoulder at how he was doing things and Darren you spoke about it before about the pressures that you've had in past jobs from managers above and I think a lot of um, mental health can come from how pressure is put down on the people. Yeah. I, um, I mean. So I think okay. that needs to be looked at. My cousin, who's his son, mm. said at an early age, 18, and he's written a piece about the it's in a magazine now, about how he wanted to do a job that he really enjoyed, yeah. that he had an interest mm-hmm. in. So he had control over that. So he's now working for a football magazine where he's um, doing graphic design in that. and that. Then it was something that he was really into. It. So then he loved the sport, he loved the artwork, mm-hmm. so he's mashed the two together and he said uh, he's got pressure but it's his own pressure that he puts on it. Self, so you can think,
1: manage uh, that. Yeah, Darren said it earlier yeah. about um, uh, uh, just in. I mean, that was a very good example. But um, it, it, it's essentially what you were saying earlier yeah. about um, about other people's expectations. It, it's you it's, know, it's choice. You know, yeah. and, and
0: mine Like I said before, mine started because I had a physical impairment, which caused me a lot of pain and discomfort. But on top of that, I had a, all the ordinary lifestyle. Yeah, things to come with it, a job, bills etc mm-hmm. and it was just, is this it, it was just this constant hamster wheel mm-hmm. and life's not about that you know And uh, no. I, I used to drive past the same route to work and see people at the bus stop and the same cars on the morning I think, is this it, and I wanted more choice I wanted to mm-hmm. say when, I wanted to say how so it would free up more time for me to exercise, to do physio in the morning to, to have the energy to do physio on a night yeah, time yeah. after being on my feet all day at work, I didn't yeah. because I had a physical job well, kind of, it was physical for me in terms of out and about in the community yeah. you know, with equipment, things mm-hmm. like that um, yeah. and a lot of it was office space but it was still physical for me yeah. you know, it was just learning to walk um, so I wanted more time and and for me, as I said, it's not about the money, it's it's the quality of life and that's, mm-hmm. that's what matters and the, the society that we live in unfortunately are so hung up on, on consumer goods that yeah. you've got to have this and you've got to have this status thing and whatever mm-hmm. and really you don't it, it, if that's what makes you happy, great but ask yourself the bigger question You know, a lot of people ask questions in life and it's sort of a hierarchical scale. So when you meet somebody, you know, are you married? Do you have children? Do you own a house? <laughs> do you have a car? Yeah. What car? Do you, what do you do for a living? How much do you earn? It's sort of a a, a, yeah. t- a box of success, and people measure success mm-hmm. based on those credentials. Yeah. And, and really, external. Well, when people really should just ask, "Are you happy? <laughs> yeah. How's it um, yeah. You know? Are see. you happy?" There's a good friend of mine. Uh, I have said it to him for years. Why? Why don't you learn to drive? Why don't you do this? Why, Darren? I don't need to. Yeah. I, I'm I'm completely content with my life. Uh, and I'll say, well, why don't you buy a house? Why don't you do this? Very educated, very academic, very bright. Uh-huh. Doesn't push himself too much at work. I say, well, why don't you? Darren? I don't need to. <laughs> Stop judging me yeah. by your standards. I am perfectly uh-huh. happy. But people assume because by a certain age you should have certain possessions or you should be at a certain stage in your life when really he's Mm -hmm. the happiest person I uh, know, really well, yeah. you know yeah. it doesn't happen so you say well, why, why do uh-huh. I need that
1: why, yeah. why do I need this I don't I'm so different to a lot of people I know in that sense because I always say it to my partner all the time because um, I guess because I'm perceived whenever I do these things or do a radio show or whatever it is or go out and do a speech at the university is I'm, I'm looked at and I was when I was younger and it was the thing that frustrated me the most is that I'm like the extrovert the one who the one who invited parties and all this kind of thing and now my partner, I'm with. Or I've had a, a, a daughter with, and um, who I live with. You know, whenever I like, she always goes, "You're very easy to please," and, and I mean that as a huge compliment. And that I am, I, I'm shocked at how easy that you find that you find things to make you happy. And I go, "But I've worked on this for a long time. Like that's the key to it is to realize." I, I think the way that you were talking about it just now is that I think that's the that's the hurdle. That people put on themselves that they don 't need to do, mm. and what I mean by that is is that being happy I think is actually way more simpler than people realize mm. it's and, and it 's also um Having the the balls, quite frankly, to to be grateful, mm-hmm. to be grateful, like to look at things and going. But I, mm-hmm. I like we are part of like the ten percent of the world that don't have to like find clean water or or, mm-hmm. or hunger and all that sort of thing. And everyone hates, so that you get people who get be obnoxious and go. I don't. Why don't you? Why do you have to say that? I don't want to think about it. But it's important mm-hmm. if you don't have to to do to if you've got your basic needs met. You 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 that that's, that's more than most people in the world. Mm-hmm. So therefore, yeah. everything else is just a choice that in mm-hmm. why If you've got a choice. If we've got the choice wouldn't you want to do the choice that makes you happy mm-hmm. and if you ask someone that in a vacuum surely they would say yes to that mm-hmm. so that's all you need to do is just do what makes you happy and even if it's something really simple just do it we, want you we, we keep looking at our own job here yeah mm-hmm. and
2: we set this up in October yeah so it's come from scratch we've had nothing and in doing that we often find we're under pressure but pressure that we put on ourselves yeah. and then, oh, what we're doing. Positive where, risk. Where yeah. we're going, what we're doing. Mm. And sometimes it can get you down, mm-hmm. but then we'll always look back and say, hey, we started this from yeah. nothing. Mm, we've got an okay. office, we've got a computer, so yeah. we've got contacts.
0: We're doing well, we'll, we'll getting out yeah, there. We've we're got doing contracts with coming in, so. The, yeah you, you know but, but like you said it, it's about reflection and summarizing yeah. because sometimes mm-hmm. the the pressures can be quite uh, tough but mm-hmm. it's um but when we look back and think where we came from yeah. and as i said we, we started from nothing uh, ian's background in training mine and in community involvement and mental mm-hmm. health and yeah. uh, advocacy and things so In a nutshell, our company provides a range of equality training to businesses, organisations, family members, carers, individuals. Um, We're hoping to be able to provide advocacy and support individuals more Mm -hmm. with the process of... um, benefits and mm. things like that personal independence payment um, as
1: in uh, do you mean do you mean as in like like going to like helping them with the process helping stuff, them with the
0: process going to tribunals yeah going
1: to assessments
0: with that would be wonderful to i
1: think a lot of people struggle around sort yeah. of things yeah, yeah. Uh, at
0: yeah. the moment there doesn't seem to, there's a definite need for it but there's not a lot of services that are able to offer it yeah um at the moment we've done it voluntarily haven't we um yeah we've, yeah. we've given up our own time and uh we, we've actually supporting individuals um, voluntary mm-hmm. um, which great but obviously we need a sustainable business um, and obviously we do access audits we've got an architect that works alongside us great. Um, that, that you know c- can help with design of buildings and inclusion and getting the right equipment so yeah that's where we are and obviously we want to expand and mm-hmm. You know, we, we need, like, a social media expert and uh, yeah. things like that. Uh, yeah. I'm just looking at Stephen. Yeah, <laughs> uh, uh, I wouldn't say uh, I I, I uh, begrudgingly
1: use social media. Uh, I'm really uh, not... Uh, uh. Not a fan of it. Really. I'm not a huge fan of it, actually. But I, I, in a business sense, it makes sense to be honest. It does.
0: Yeah. But as I said at the beginning, me and Ian, all, you know, <laughs> we just got rid of the quills last week. The ancient, you know. So. so actually,
1: what we should say, I, mean, I don't know. I'll say this. I'll say this in the um, in the in the post in um, post introduction I'm going to do for the, for this show like okay. I do every show. But uh, we've been doing we've been recording this actually it um, consu- uh, empowerment consultancy and training which is based. Can I say where you're based? Yeah. yeah. Uh, in Pine Tree Business Centre in Berkeley and Gates. Um, for as I said Darren was kind enough to meet um to, to, to uh, give me a lift here from Gateshead. Um, and the number is 01914928215 or you can email Darren at Darren at empowermentcic.com and the website is www.empowermentcic.com. Yeah. And also, they have a Facebook page which we—I know I was on the last of anyone one me Sound, which I think is just in private yes. CIC yeah. as well. Yeah. Um, because I um, just type these. Th- if you're unsure about this, just type the, type that into Google yeah. when it comes up because that's how I found it. Because I don't think I had any information at the time. Okay. Um, so yeah, so um, brilliant, excellent. So yeah, that's just for, for obviously for more information if you're interested in the training, yeah, obviously man. get in touch and whatnot. Yeah. Um, but yeah, and um, I, I, is there is there um is there a limit in terms of area in terms of how you help is it just no like no no okay Uh, nationwide now ah excellent so there's nowhere
2: we can't go Uh, my my previous work was um constituted to work in gateshead and the surrounding area Mm -hmm. but i think the freedom that we have yes i love that the idea of being able to go anywhere and help
1: anyone. I mean, the good thing about companies because I know they do this in other areas is there's nothing to say a company can't go like to to pay your expenses to go and like talk to a company yeah. in some random place or whatever. Yeah. I, think I I I honestly yeah. I, 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 I think I think in summary, from my point of view. Just looking at things, as you say about developing it and making it bigger, I mean, this is obviously an avenue. I mean, we've touched on a whole number of things that just, we've been over just over an hour. Um, is, um, yeah, is that the, the, the amount that we've discussed here and the, the potential for growth is enormous because, you know, you've, you've touched on so many different things that I think are in the infancy in terms of supporting people and yeah. like, um, and uh, as I think with you, Ian, I think the way you summed it up earlier is that we do have some way to go. But I guess mm. I wanted to kind of end on a positive note and just say it, it sounds like because I mean you were touching on like you know the the, the what were they called the invalid uh, carriages, invalid yeah. carriages, yeah. Which I, I still yeah. can't believe that they call yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. We're we'll um, a long way from there. Yeah, <laughs> we, we, that's what I was about to say. To, be, to end on a positive note yeah, for people listening yeah, is yeah. to say it does sound like to me and I, I obviously i mean i'm 31 now so i mean um i, I i've seen some experiences in my life too to, to suggest even in a limited mm-hmm. sense it's i do think we are getting better in just the the, the overall picture of mental health would you say we yeah, to be in a better small, society yes, yes um, and as, as i say going back yeah. even just a few years ago you
0: know any sort of things mental yeah. health like i grew up with was like oh, what am I, what being
1: soft for? It was that kind of attitude. Yeah, yeah I, I've got to say, so, uh, even just like in the last sort of five, ten yeah. years, I think, um, I do think um, that's in my experience, yeah. that I, I get less of that. When I say bipolar disorder, I get a lot less. I mean, I don't go around mm. going, I, go, I'm of, <laughs> I don't scream at the, yeah, at the water yeah, yeah. But When I don't do that, but I'm saying, when I do talk to people and they do ask what uh-huh. I, if I say about a mental health mm. show, and they go, oh, do you have mental health? And I go, yeah, I bipolar disorder. Mm. That you find that, um, you get a lot less friends or a lot less, like, sort of worried responses, <laughs> do you think? I, I, there
0: is
2: more understanding.
1: Yeah, there
0: that, that has to be, as I said earlier, a really big point, you know, I mean, it's the biggest killer in this country of men under 45, and when you've got, uh, as we know recently, celebrities are suffering mental health, which is the awareness of it even more and brings it to the I was point. just thinking that, actually, yeah, yeah that, you, um, you know, mm-hmm. there's, yeah uh, and, It it gets rid of that. Uh, Justin Bieber did it recently. I don't know if you heard that. It Um, gets rid of that attitude that people have of like, well, if you've got success or you've got wealth, then you shouldn't have mental health sort of thing. Because it shows that anybody can have it.
1: Yeah. You know? and And and, 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 And when people feel able to like we are having an honest open discussion and obviously like a, mm-hmm. a, a, which will be a public forum to a certain extent is i think this is the reason having conversations like this are important is to show like it would be lovely if we reached a point in in life where like these can be standard conversations and not mm-hmm. kind of like something where you have okay. to go we have to set an appointment and we're going to charge you because the, the geeky thing i was going to mention did you hear about um the game of thrones ending that they have a helpline and it's going to be. and it, They've got a. They've got a therapy helpline, no. and it's forty pounds an hour to ring them up to basically help you get over the yeah. fact yeah. that Maybe Game of Thrones it. isn't around anymore. I mean, Ooh. how ridiculous! I mean, if uh, you're
2: not depressed before that, you will be. I know. <laughs> You don't wanna know. You don't know, it's, not, it's just, <laughs> his, oh, it is like, yeah.
1: Well, I didn't mean to end on making Darren irritated <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> it's affecting anyway. me mental <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly, yeah. Well, bring the helpline. <laughs> yeah the go, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, ring the helpline and go. I'm, I'm upset that you, there's a helpline, so I'm ringing the helpline. So oh, I want okay. I to um, reimburse um, me $40 yeah, yeah, it is ridiculous. So there you go. My, um, as my one of my friends pointed out, the solution to that is just watch the show again. Good, very good point. Well, yeah. um, and, and, well, I've got to say I've never seen one episode of it. I've, seen, yeah. I've, yeah. Only seen, uh, I've only seen, I've only seen season one, so know. Honestly, I can't, I can't comment. I can't say what I'd rather do than that. <laughs> <laughs> well, well there you go anyway all you going to say Ian uh, Darren thanks so much for, for chatting tonight uh, and, and well. thank you for your hospitality letting us come to your office yeah, no problem uh-huh. at all. Um, and again I, I guess just to summarise um, uh, you know not to be overly nice or anything I, I, I mean this genuinely it's, it's been really nice to get to know you Good stuff. Um, it was a real pleasure to talk to you at the centre and congrats on your speech mm-hmm. that you did which I know we never discussed but okay, um, yes. I, thought I, w- that- I thought it went well yes. um, do you think actually in hindsight you know when you were talking to me about like learning you know so you talked a little bit about like what sounded like social anxiety do you yeah. think looking back to that time to now would you ever have done a speech like that um it's funny
2: because i have done that for 20 right, well, years yeah, in my yeah.
1: job all right okay
2: but i think my my work brain and my home brain mm. is two different brains. Ah, right? I see. Mm. So okay. I can do it in that context. Oh, okay, mm. I've done a best man speech which went on for. 29 minutes <laughs> uh, I'm known for <laughs> not knowing when to stop <laughs> it's just getting me started
1: <laughs> okay. oh, well there you go um, but, uh, but it's just it's, 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 it's just nice it's nice to see I think uh, I think for the advantages if you talk about something that you care about it's way easier yes, of course, um, so there you go. Of course. Well, cool thanks so much guys uh, it's Very been good. a real real pleasure I'll do my geeky end by saying thanks everyone for tuning in to this edition of the apocalypse. Apocalypse and in the podcast I always end the way the great B movie wrote Robot Jocks Crash and Burn because it's one of my favorite B movies. So I just always encourage people to watch it. Uh, it's on Netflix in the UK right now, so do check it out. Nah. It's a, it was my favorite. It, it's my favorite <laughs> film growing up. What's it called? Um, Robot Jocks It's about robots. Um, it's about robots fighting in an arena. It was my favorite. Uh, you know when you you know when you're growing up, you have a sick film. Whenever I was sick in school, I watched that Uh because my my dad had it on VHS. Mine was the Goonies. Uh Oh, fantastic show. Anyway, but yeah. But thanks everyone and thanks to Ian, thanks to Darren and uh, we'll see you very soon for another edition. Thanks guys, bye.